Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. This is Merrill Schindler, and this is High on the Hog, the podcast, where each week we serve you a tasty alphabet soup full of letters like CBD and THC and so many more. And like a good soup, like a good chicken soup, these letters are all good for what ails you. In fact, they may even be better than chicken soup and less fattening. And this week we have an amazing guest, amazing, from deep in the industry, Boris Sharansky from Papa and Barkley. And Boris, I want to show you something. You you know that the jar very, very well. That jar is a relic to me because it is the very first medical cannabis product I purchased. That's cool. A year and a half ago when I was suffering from a, a weird skin, no, it's empty, <laughs> a weird skin disease. You like to dry. Uh, <laughs> Um, when I when I was suffering for a weird skin disease, I went over to one of the dispensaries. I said, "Help me!" And they said, "This is what you got to use." And the relief was almost instantaneous. Wow. Um, and I love the stuff. It's it's the relief balm made with CBD rich cannabis, soothing, relaxing, calming. It's a mixture of, of THC and CBD, but CBD is the dominant. That's just, yeah, that's it's, a, it's one, one to three. three to three to one CBD to THC ratio. Uh, that that was the old packaging. That was the old packaging. That's, see, it is a relic. Yeah, that that. Was, so before we had our THC. Um, portion of the ratio go first so it's thc dominant so it says one to three there um but now it would be the three to one the cbd to thc uh so you can look for the three to one or you can look for the one uh that has 450 milligrams of cbd and 150 and my wife always knew when i had put it on before bed because she'd walk into the bedroom and she could smell the eucalyptus Mm -hmm. and the peppermint and the lavender it has a very distinctive memorable and to me soothing aroma that, I like it very much. Yeah, that was the. I mean, I don't know if you know the founding story, but our founder. No, Adam, but you're about to tell me. <laughs> I, I could. Um, the, our founder Adam actually developed it for his father. Uh, his father uh, was 90 years old, had stenosis his whole life, um, but um, his back went out at 90, to the point that they overmedicated him. He couldn't get out of bed because he couldn't move from being so overmedicated. Excuse me, uh, and they actually put him on hospice. Uh, and, and so Adam, out of desperation and through luck of a referral from California, went online, found some recipes, found some cannabis in Massachusetts and a crock pot and made the first batch of balm. And then he started applying it to his father's back. And these were the he went and tested all the essential oils, which ones were the most calming, which ones would help with penetration, which ones would help uh, to be more soothing and relaxing. Uh, and looked at a bunch, uh, a number of them, and these are this is the profile he came up with um, while he was testing it on his father's back. Uh, and long story short, through um, about three months of therapy using the bomb, he got him off of the opiates, and he yeah. got him fully back home and off of hospice. Yeah, and um, and the stuff smells like I said good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, for me, the relief was very very quick. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was basically a skin skin rash, so I needed something to diminish the itchiness mm-hmm. and it was like this is doing it mm-hmm. this this really really works this podcast can actually go back to that jar 
Yes. Without this is the that con- is the relic. That is the the source of all this and the sauce wow. as well. It's a relic. We should we should put it up like a, <laughs> yeah. as a trophy. It's amazing. But it's it's funny that even though it's empty, I kept it around because it's sort of a talisman for me. It's it's a thing that I'm that cool. started me on the road, and I I greatly appreciate it. And you should explain that that Papa is of course Papa, Papa. was Adam's father. So right. and and Barkley was uh, his support dog. It was a pit bull. Uh, that uh, had a very special bond with uh, with with Papa. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Adam's father before he passed. He passed last year, um, and I never met the dog. But from the videos that I've seen, um, if Papa was ringing in pain or if he was sleeping and couldn't sleep, the dog would notice and he would jump up there, go under the covers, and sleep next to him. So the picture you see on our packaging is actually Papa and actually Barkley. It's just a pixelated real picture of them. I was going to ask if that was if that was real. <laughs> Your yeah. packaging is very well known in the industry. You know the really nice wooden lid and jar. I know everyone always clamors about it. You know it, it goes to the point that you know when Adam formulated the product, he was really trying to help his father. He wasn't caring about cost of goods sold or anything like that. But when he decided to brandy, he said this has to go in in the nicest jar because this is better than anything that's on you know it's the nicest. Your father. Yeah, it's, it's his father, and, it's, and it works better than anything else he's seen in the industry. He wanted it to just just pop on the jar and that's uh, on the on the shelf, and that's um, that's what we got. And it is beautiful packaging. And in terms of your products, you are highly specialized. I mean, there's no smokables. Am I correct? Well, actually, we um, just released a separate line of products under Papa Select, uh, oh. and that is, uh, but it's all is solventless. So what we focus on is whole plant remedies, which means we don't isolate individual parts of the plant. We actually are ta- try to keep us true to the flower as, as we possibly can. So in the balm, you're going to get all of the cannabinoids available in that flower, also all of the terpenes, which science suggests are actually the engine that drives the ship uh, of cannabis. So they actually they dictate how the cannabis actually affects you from a medical side. Um, but also our processes to, to extract our cannabis, we don't use any chemical solvents. So we don't use an alcohol, we don't even use CO2, uh, we don't use butane, uh, we only use oil, pressure, and sometimes water. No, are these e-cigarettes or are these... Um... No, 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 these are high-end extracts that can be um, consumed through uh, high-temperature vaporization and speci- specified devices. Oh, but, but they're it's, not, a, it's a device. It can yeah. be in a device or some people have a special glass unit that they smoke it out of as well. Um, but typically, you're going to be smoking small amounts of it uh, for the full plant, full-spectrum profile and the flavor. Okay, in other words, it doesn't come in papers rolled up. No. Okay. And... Um, See, I, I know you mostly, totally, for your uh, your bombs, yep. your things that you put on the bottom, Absolutely. your external stuff. Are you doing edibles too? We are not in the edibles market right now, at least with the product. We supply a couple edibles brands with our oil uh, because it is, again, chemically solvent-free and also very highly potent. Uh, so we're one of the few companies that are supplying that on a B2B level, and we're expanding that part of the business. Okay. But we're not actually in edibles. And to be clear, the topicals and the wellness side is by far the largest part of our company. Yeah. And it's, you know, for, for folks who are a little nervous, perhaps, about getting into it, yep. there's something about using it on the skin, the skin barrier, that you go, well, I, I'm not going to have any side effects, you know, except for maybe a rash from it, you know, if I have some sort of allergy. Sure. But otherwise, it, you, it won't, you won't be affected by it in a, in a psychotropic matter. 
Well, you're correct. I mean, um, if I could expand on it a little Please. bit more. I mean, our our mission is to unlock the power of cannabis to improve lives. Because we know that it can, but we also know it's been stigmatized and demonized for so long that, you know, my mother and father, my mother cried when she found out I went into the cannabis industry. So I've, I have direct experience with these things. Uh, and now she's an everyday user of my bomb. So it, it, this has the power to change minds. And we have the privilege and the opportunity to own the first conversation in cannabis, right? The first conversation when the new people come into cannabis, we love our position because we're able to talk to them about, hey, I understand you're scared of THC, you're scared of getting high, but do you have pain? And what are you dealing with? What's your mom dealing with? What's your uncle dealing with? And then you start talking to people, you hear their stories. I have arthritis, I had a back injury, I had a car accident, I had a skiing accident. I can't, I deal with pain every single day of my life, but I don't wanna get high, I don't wanna go to work and not be able to complete my job, I wanna be attentive to my children. Um, and this is the perfect type of product. You bring them in and you say, you know what? Yes, this HUD does have THC in it, but it won't get you high. That THC is there to medically bring down your pain. And um, indeed, you know. you know, you mentioned your mother, you know, I assume it's a few years. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned Papa, who definitely had many years. And we have observed that the older, gen the older demographic, um, they're very interested. They have, as do I, knee pains. We have various aches and such. And there's something really appealing about being able to put something on it and go, ah, feel so much better. Ah, I like this. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's been powerful. I mean, even my my wife's grandmother, who's staying with us now, hates that I'm in cannabis, but she uses my patch every single day because it brings down her. <laughs> Excuse me, pain. my father has my mother carry a patch in her wallet. Hate that she should never leave home without it. I mean, no. you know, that is an amazing thing when you can bring people. And it's no fault of their own, by the way. I laugh, but it's really the, the level of propaganda that that, that, that that older generation was subject to on cannabis. I mean, it's just, it's it's sad. We lost an entire couple generations to the to the benefits of cannabinoids. And now just the, the privilege of being able to reintroduce them to that, knowing the people in my family that benefit, the people that I've met and the stories we've heard. Uh, it's it's an amazingly special position to be in. You know, I've compared the barrier that they feel towards smokables to the barrier that most of us feel towards injectables. Mm. That it's it's just it's just a line you do not cross. You know, it's um, <laughs> what 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 what. You know, it's like it's you like just compared smoking with injecting. That's pretty no, intense. No 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 no. It's a, it's a line. I it's understand. Like, it's I understand. like it's like that's something I don't do. I you just don't you know. do. And for them, smoking is something of they course. just don't do. I know. Merrill's been through the 60s. You got to remember. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. And it's, um, you know, it's one of the reasons we focused on this product. Uh, and, you know, originally I was looking to get into cannabis and I um, serendipitously was, was put, uh, met these people and met the founders of this company. And I wasn't sold on this idea that we should go into the topicals right away. Um, but Adam brought me out here and we, we had a trip through California and he showed me the vision. And his main point was, this is a platform. This is a platform where we can educate people about this plant who are, are still nervous or scared or don't know how to come in and understand this industry. And how right he was. I mean, that's the biggest privilege. That's the most amazing privilege we have is to have that conversation and to be able to educate people about it and, and, and introduce THC without it getting you high 
but with it bringing you pain relief, that's an amazing thing. I live with, I have arthritis. If you can solve my pain that I wake up with every single morning, that's why I love this plant so much. That's a powerful thing. That's very powerful. And uh, look, we've, we've got, we're on Facebook in various forms. And since we started posting, the number of responses we've gotten from people more often than not who are in pain. Mm-hmm. It's really pain because pain is, pain's a bitch. Pain just, just it's the worst. And Getting it's like, old is pretty bad too. Consider the, the, um, the alternative. So <laughs> It's less painful. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, of course, in the alternative, the tax benefits are terrific. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's the, Many of us have gone through, you know, I've, I've gone through for my knee numerous cortisone shots, for instance. Well, they help. They help a lot. Because well, this is a downside. I can't play professional baseball now. But aside from that, it's, you know, it, it, it does help for like three days. And that's what I'm going to do, go back to the orthopedist again. Um, you know, it, it's, and, and we know about the opioid crisis in America, which opioids are now killing more Americans than car crashes. And it was deliberate, let's just be very clear. Yes. I mean, that's what's coming out now, too. We all knew it, but now we know that it was absolutely deliberate. Well, there are a few books to be made, so what the heck, you know. Look, opiates were always wrongly prescribed for chronic pain. Opiates are amazing medicinal uh, products, but they're supposed to be used for outlying pain i mean you're supposed to use it in the emergency room you're supposed to use it right after surgery but once you go home you shouldn't be prescribed 30 day supply 60 day supply of vikes or perks or whatever have you that's ridiculous when when my sister had a hip replacement a simple hip replacement you know usually i mean some some advil should take care of that simple hip replacement they gave her a prescription for a bottle of 100 percocets yeah. And you go, which you're supposed, you know, I, I'm, I, I told her, don't worry about it. You'll be totally addicted after just a dozen. You don't have to take all 100. <laughs> you can sell them to buy more drugs. <laughs> For God's sake. And this was a legitimate, well-respected yeah. hospital. Why would they do such a thing? Um, and here we're dealing with a non-addictive product. But according to the federal government, it's more addictive than heroin. Or it's as addictive as heroin. Or yes. it's as dangerous well, as Something heroin. that they say as they, as they knock down their fifth scotch of the morning, I know. It's, it's, it's kind of a horror. No, it, it is very sad. But the power of this is that in the states, now we have data. So in the states that have passed medical cannabis laws, we've seen, and this was an official study, I don't remember which university, but this is a real study with real data behind it. We've seen an average 25% reduction in opiate overdoses in those states that have passed mm-hmm. medical cannabis laws. That's, re- that's, that's, that's amazing data. Yeah. Um, what, what part of the market does external medication have? You mean like topicals in topicals, the cannabis market? Yeah. So that's the other amazing thing about it is when we came in, it was 2 to 4% of the market on a good day uh, in the right stores. Now, you know, manufactured goods, especially these types of products, um, which are harder to get, you know, taxes have really affected the industry. And so high taxes mean a lot of people are getting the actual flour extracts out of the dispensary. Unfortunately, we want them to be buying it in the dispensary, but they're not. Um, with these types of products, though, it's much harder to make it yourself. It's a longer quality control process. So they're still buying a lot more of it. And plus, a lot of the new people that came in with legalization, that number has come up to 8 to 10%. It's as high as 15% in some of our high-end stores. 
So, and and yeah. I would truly posit that a good chunk of that is as word is spread among the geriatric crowd, you know, that this stuff mm-hmm. helped my arthritis, this stuff helped my, my bursitis, helped my yep. whatever, uh, neuritis, neuralgia, all those things, um, word of mouth, you know, so suddenly it's, and folks who, who are perhaps nervous about going into some of the stores, sure. you know, once you go into them, you go, it's, it's not, this is not, this is not the bong shop no. here. This is, no, well, you know, we've done an amazing thing with Bud and Bloom down in Orange County, and we actually bus uh, seniors from uh, assisted living facilities to the dispensary. Um, and this has happened many, many times. We do it every month. And we sponsor education there. A number of brands no. come out. We educate them about our products. We, we are there to answer questions. We are in the store helping them buy and guiding them along the way. Many of them are so appreciative of that. I will tell you, though, many of them are more knowledgeable than me on some things. They come in there and they know exactly what they want, what they're looking for. There is still the, you know, that crowd in the senior no. living centers. But um, a lot of the new, new seniors are coming in and... These types of events help educate them. You know, we brought a whole group of people out to Palm Springs um, as well for a spa day to uh-huh. teach them about what cannabis is and how it can help so you. So it's essentially Joanna. Joanna Belson. <laughs> I, I didn't introduce you guys, and I apologize for that. Okay. I just want to get right into Boris here. Uh, Joanna Belson, my, my sidekick, and, and also we have uh, Janice Hardoon of the Koreatown Collective. Uh, and the antidote, which is all about CBD, all about things that make you feel so much better. Janice and I have, have uh, Joanna and I have uh, gone to what well, I, I describe as a, a a cannabis Tupperware party. Yes, yes, that was a great time. It was an educational platform where someone came in um, and they explained just the overall um, basics of cannabis to people like Meryl. I actually invited my parents there. Um, we had a few drag queens. Um, one of my friends in the industry was there. And then after everything was all said and done, it was essentially sponsored by a delivery service. And we all ordered it on our phone. And within 10 minutes, we all had a nice bag full of goodies based on whatever we had just learned. But it was a recommendation um, or you know guidance. That's really what it is in this industry right now is the word of mouth. Those women and men who came in off the bus that you were educating from the senior center, they knew what they wanted because their friend told them what to come and get. And they knew because their friend told them that's what they want. That's what's really missing right now, unless you find someone like Janice, who is super knowledgeable, and you go to her store on Melrose, and you really, she can help you pair your ailment with what kind of topicals or all the good stuff she carries. My wife has me picking up some stuff from Janice today for a friend who has headaches, anxiety, CBD Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. They, they would drag queen, so I guess I shouldn't follow up on the phone numbers they gave me. <laughs> oh, oh um, no. I came with the shopping list, too. You're going to laugh. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it is, it, and definitely the people I remember there, more than any others, more than the drag queens, were the, um, there were, there were some, some fairly elderly people there. And they were totally, they were telling tales. My dad is 92, and he is now tested positive for cannabis. <laughs> he never smoked or drank a day in his life. <laughs> My father and I had a serious falling out when he um over over some cannabis issues, and now he came to me the last time, and he's like, "Do you have that tincture?" Uh, <laughs> and it was the thirty to one. It was my CBD tincture that he had used before. I remembered. I was like, "Oh, I've yeah, I've got it," and I gave it to him. And he came back to me the next day. He said, "Do you have the one with the three in it?" 
And that, that's our THC one. And I was like, yeah, I have that one too. Yeah, it's you know, but remember, it was deep. Siblings, mean, yeah, you know, yeah, re- it's your reefer, secret, right? Yeah. Reefer madness was pretty deeply seated out know. there. Well, my parents grew up in the Soviet Union, which I mean, it was even worse out there with with, with drug addiction and and how they viewed this. I mean, my, I I learned later on my grandfather illegally grew hemp. In the Soviet Union, because they actually used hemp seed to make their porridge and their and their cooking oils, um, in in old Russia, and that was pretty interesting to me. Is that you know he was kind of a renegade himself. My mother's father. My mother told me about three years into me being in the industry that, by the way, your grandfather threw, uh, grew hemp illegally, and um, mm-hmm. I just thought you'd be interested in knowing that. Yeah, but from what I know of Russia, I mean. They wouldn't really get past their vodka to to, to do anything. Yeah, hemp. they they look down the on cannabis. Pretty, I mean, even pretty uh, obsessive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's sad. Um, you know, drinking in general there has become a cultural thing. But um, yeah, cannabis is definitely looked down upon uh, in many ways. And you looked at like a drug addict. But yeah, you could be five shots in when you say that. Yeah, I mean, you you remember the um, the the, the ghastly story of the soldiers at the missile facility who ran out of vodka they started drinking the fuel mm-hmm. they didn't survive uh, there's some I mean look they have a vodka drinking contest there I think they had to call it off recently but a few years ago the winning or losing person uh, the winning person drank over a gallon of vodka and almost died because they had to take him to almost the, just almost almost and they had pumped yeah. his stomach and he there there are a number of rockers who are no longer with us because of um yeah they, they did exactly that and i'm pretty sure the number of deaths from cannabis is still at zero still zero though they will argue that nowadays they'll say that because they'll attribute anybody that had cannabis in their system and they'll say that was because of cannabis but in terms of direct deaths uh, due to an overdose yeah it's never happened now tell us is all your um, are all your plants grown in Humboldt? We source about 75 to 85%, depending on the month of our product, from the county of Humboldt. The rest of it comes from the Emerald Triangle, which is Trinity or Mendocino County. Um, we you know, we made it a point early on that we're not going to uh, shop around the state. We're, we're going to go for outdoor and sun-grown because that's the most sustainable. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to work with small family farms out there that have been trying to make it through regulation. So there are big producers that we could just partner with and make a pricing deal and it would just be easier. Um, But instead we hired an entire cannabis sourcing team, a farmer relations team, uh, and we've bought from over 70 small farms in the last eight months. Okay. So knowing wine as I do, I know that, you know, particularly at the higher end, there's a great obsessiveness about you know what? What height? What level? What what part of the field? The left side right. of the mountain, the right side of the mountain, you know, wherever it comes from, people and people pretend at least to be able to identify. Does that world exist in cannabis growing as well, where you can really identify the where by smelling something and tasting it and telling us where it was grown? No. Um, however, there is an analog. So for topical products like what we're making, it's not as important how beautiful or how dense the bud is or the trichome development. That's really for the can of sword. That's our other brand, which is Papa Select, which is that high-end right. extract brand. That's where if you get into the can of sword, like the like the connoisseur level of wine or sommelier level of wine, um, tasting it, that canister level is going to be able to distinguish terpenes. They're going to be able to tell you which strain this is based on smell and taste alone. There is that level of um, specificity in this industry. It just related more to smokable products. Yeah. When you talk about an infused product or a beverage or an edible, it's more about was it processed cleanly. 
Was it processed under, you know, SOPs and quality control conditions? And is it safe? You know, in a recent show, we had um, a very interesting couple, a, a brother-sister duo. And she wrote, she writes columns for magazines in which she tastes various products. And he's a chef who matches um, uh, smokables with with the food they well, make. Very real thing, and it's 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 it was it was just fascinating. But what what was was really fascinating and sort of left me out in left field was the degree to which they knew they knew the taste, they knew the flavors. You know, when you're using yourself as the in wine, as a rule, the rule is you spit it out, you taste it, swish it, spit it out. Well, it goes down, but mostly you spit it out. You could drink 100 bottles of wine and, you know, you've, you've had a couple of glasses all told. In tasting cannabis products, you're not spitting it out. Well, you're waiting I mean, two hours for, the, I think, for, for something to happen. I've been in meetings where people spit it out. <laughs> uh, well, I don't. Yeah, it's like you the Bill Clinton Doug, thing, I don't inhale, inhale right? right? No, <laughs> uh, look, here's the difference. Wine... The, the the main ingredient that gets you in wine is alcohol, right? Yes. And that doesn't change. It's the same primary ingredient. With cannabis, it's a little bit more of a complex taste because you're working in a variety of terpenes and you're working in a variety of flavonoids. Now, cannabis, I mean, wine also has those. But typically, glasses of red wine, they're all going to affect you from an inebriation point of view the same. A cannabis high, quote unquote, will be completely and totally directed and affected by the terpene profile. So you could have a 70% THC extract, but you could have it high in myrcene and beta carophylline and you're going to pass out. You could have that high in lemonine and pinene and that's going to make you very racy. So part of the tasting experience in cannabis is the effect. So when you see something like the Emerald Cup where they have 20 different extracts in front of them and they have to judge them, you're like, how the hell did they do that? They're just going to get high, right? Well, no, actually, they'll sit there and they'll choose over the course. They'll map it out. That's why they get 30 days. They'll choose three extracts over the next three days and they will see a few things. For example, they'll smell them all and they'll and they'll write down the, uh, what they think it is and what they think of the smell. They'll compare it to some list. Before they even smoke it, they'll do a, n a number of comparisons and work and note-taking. Then they'll smoke it that day. Then they'll let it sit for two days and see how does it compare two days later compared to what I smoked two days ago. They want to see how does that extract last over time or how does that flower last over time. It is similar in that can in a connoisseur level of cannabis is very similar to the connoisseur level of wine, but the criteria are very different of what people are looking for. In there. the connoisseur level of wine, people speak of super tasters. Yeah. Of people who have more taste buds, and indeed, you can you can it's test true. that. You can, they can there, test the dirt. They like where, a taste, they taste the dirt. I don't know how they. Yeah, do but that. there's a <laughs> test where you, where you like you put something in your mouth, and they put a little dye on it, and they count yep. the number of taste buds. I've never done it because I figure I'll be you know below average, but everything yeah. to me tastes salty or sweet. But are there super tasters in in the cannabis world? People who. You know, just filter. know. Yes. <laughs> the filter. <laughs> certainly, certainly there are. Um, certainly there. Are. I will not presume myself to be a super taster. I, I, I know what I like, and I'm, I'm, I'm good at recognizing it. But I can even get two extracts confused. But I have seen. I, I think it comes. A lot of it comes from experience. But certainly, there needs. There, there must be some kind of genetic 
extra that they have in their nose or their palate. Um, I don't know if there's a test for it, but there are people that are, it's just ridiculous. They'll open anything. They know exactly what strain it is. Yeah. They know exactly which pheno it probably came from. They're like, oh, did this come from this farm or this breeder? It's like, how the hell do you know that? We are blessed it's to have by, Janice who can do this. By the, when you look at their, the bud right, and how yeah. it was trimmed, things of the sort, it's a distinct uh, look that you can tell. I'm very sensitive. And I grew up smoking like later on in life, like I'm your fastest growing demographic. And I'm very sensitive to different strains. Mm-hmm. So I can open a bag, and that's what bothers me in today's world are all these little jars. Mm -hmm. I want to buy my weed out of a bag. Yeah, and that's such an annoying thing in the industry Mm -hmm. right now is that there's no farmer's market type thing where big big buyers can come to big producers, and you can have Mm -hmm. the large food safe bags open, and you can see the bug I will tell you that I have where I'm having words with the regulatory people right now because they're trying to bring me licensed flour so that I can see what it is before it goes in the jars. And now they've turned me around where I have to go to them because I need one more job. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But, you know, it's it's with just about everything that we, we've we gotten obsessed with in, you know, in, in, in the century, be it coffee, um, uh, wine, beer, certainly. Um, there are folks indeed out there who taste things the rest of us don't mm-hmm. taste. It used to be uh, a commercial for um, uh, a but was it? It might be just Lipton's tea, but they had the tea taster, and I mean, here's the the pinky was the air as he sipped. You know, and he went, "I wonder what he's tasting. It mm-hmm. tastes like Lipton tea. I, I don't, I don't quite get it." But they are very specific in terms of the flavors they recognize. I'm sure with in the caviar well, industry, well, everyone's body is different, yeah, and everyone's body's going to metabolize something differently. Yep. And everyone's endocannabinoid system is going to be developed or undeveloped or tampered with differently than the others. That's why it's so, more about it's more than flavor. That's why the effect is important. Right. And yeah. so, why this pop and barley jar that you're addicted to? One of the ingredients was peppermint, mm-hmm. and you're going to find that peppermint and Boris can correct me if I'm wrong, but peppermint and mint are two terpenes that are food grade terpenes that come into our world that can maybe help satisfy the THC effect that you're trying to look for THC. If you if you can't do THC for whatever reason, have it in your system, the peppermint and the mint will help the signal get to your receptors as so well. So there's a subtlety here that, you know, those of us who are just primitives don't seem to really get, that this is, there's stuff going on in this business that There's so much, and we, we can go back know. to our history lesson that we had going back to the Hearst family and all of that where we stopped the cannabis and we didn't produce hemp anymore because we were infringing on the paper business. And now it's we have just to crazed. just go through prohibition. It wasn't just that. It was all, I mean, it was really much the American Medical Association as well. And the pharmaceuticals. You know, the, 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 you know that we had just developed the ability to create synthetic drugs just then. There's so much to learn here. Boris Sharansky, we're going to do another segment with you, so please hang on for Papa and Barkley. Available at dispensaries pretty much everywhere? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much everywhere. It's an amazing product. And in California, that is. Yeah. Oh, in Cal- well, we're, we're, we are ahead of the nation. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's an amazing product. It's done wonders for me. And um, you brought in some samples for... Of right, some wonderful things, things for my like, personal stock. I'm looking to be I'm very looking official. forward. We'll be back in just a moment. It is, it is. 
High on the Hog, the podcast. This is Meryl Schindler with Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon, Boris Sharansky, and uh, Phil Giangrande at the uh, at the board here. We'll be right back here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>